stuff after service, but I've got to do diligence to the, to the gospel this morning. I, what I love about the gospel, do y'all love the gospel? What I love about the gospel, the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what we celebrate from Good Friday through Sunday, the death, burial, and resurrection. And, and, and something else about the gospel, I want you to understand, the gospel doesn't care about who, who it touches. The, bos- the gospel doesn't care about who comes. The gospel doesn't care. It's not concerned about who it connects with. The gospel doesn't. The gospel is for everybody. The gospel is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But we don't we don't stop there at the resurrection. And that's, and that's where we're going today. It's not just about the resurrection and then we forget everything else. It's, it's not just about that. Where we're going today is we're going to look at what motivates and weaves into our lives. That's what the gospel does. On a daily basis, Elmer, it, it motivates us and it, and, it, and it weaves into our lives as we go about our daily, our daily doings. Oh, man, the gospel is the person of Jesus Christ. That's what the gospel is. Everybody say, the gospel is Jesus Christ. Yes, that's what the gospel is. So this morning, I want to mention for a moment about a woman. I want to mention for a moment about a woman who had a had a unexpected experience with Jesus. Oh, the passage is familiar to some. But I'm going to introduce it to others. All right. There was there was this woman who who had an unexpected experience with Jesus and and the gospel weaved into her life unexpectedly. And it changed her and it changed everybody connected to her. Oh, man, I I hope you're I hope you're ready. I'm going to give you some context so you can appreciate the content this morning. This is about a woman who Jesus met when he was traveling one day. He was on his way going about his business in the desert. It was hot. He was traveling and he and he goes uh, to Galilee, but he takes this shortcut through Samaria. Everybody say Samaria. Now, what you have to understand about Samaria, when when people traveled, when the Jews traveled back then, they didn't go through Samaria, although it was the shortest distance to where they needed to go to Galilee. But the Samaritans didn't like the Jews coming through. The Samaritans didn't even let people stay overnight in their city. The Samaritans, oh, oh my gosh, Jews didn't like Samaritans and Samaritans didn't like Jews because Samaritans were a mixed breed of people. They were mixed with Jews and Samaritans. They, com- they combined uh, who they were in, it, in their ethnicity. Um, so it was, it was in Samaria, where we're going to pull up here in a second, where Jesus pulls out of the sun and he stops by this well. And he, gets, he asks for a drink from this woman, this Samaritan woman, this outcast. Man, this woman, she represents all of us here looking at me today. Jesus pulls out of the sun and he sends his dudes on further to get food from the same place, the same city, where they're not wanted. Man, would you meet me in John chapter 4? If you're, if you're not prepared with your Bible, that it'll be on the screen for you. John chapter 4, verse 7, this is, where it says, this is what the Word of God says. I'm reading from the ESV, the, inter, the, the English Standard Version. This is what it says in verse 7. Feel me on this. It says, verse 7, When a Samaritan woman, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? There's a double meaning here, Christian. There's a double meaning here. You know, I, t- I taught you, church, whenever you read the Bible, ask it questions. Why are you saying that? Doesn't the gentleman supposed to help the woman draw 
Jesus sees this woman pull up, and he asks her, give me a drink. He doesn't assist her. He doesn't help her. He says, give me a drink. Did y'all know that Jesus was thirsty, y'all? Jesus was thirsty. Some of y'all got it. Some of y'all got it. Because if you're, if you're over 30, you understand that, that to be thirsty <laughs> is a desperate need for a drink physically if you're over 30. If you're under 30, you understand to be thirsty is a desperate need for attention and approval. Jesus was thirsty. And the woman obviously came because she was thirsty. Uh, no disrespect to Jesus, but he was thirsty. Jesus was saying one thing and he was meaning something else. Y- y'all know that. Y'all, y'all know how it is because we do the same thing. Sometimes we say one thing and we mean something else. I'm, I'm going to go to church today. But what I really mean is I need peace in my life. I, I, need, some, I need some calm in my life. I need some stability in my life. When we say one thing and yet we mean something else, that's called a double meaning. Uh, teach gets on me sometimes. I'm sorry. But so Jesus was saying one thing and he meant something else. Next, we see the, in, in, in the, on verse 8, we see the parenthetical emphasis of John. Jesus asked for a drink in verse 7, but the response doesn't come in verse 8. John emphasizes, not the woman's comment, John emphasizes so we can get context. He says his disciples had gone on into the town to buy food. And then verse 9, it says that the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan. How could you ask me for a drink? See, what you don't understand is in her day, even the rabbis, when they walked through the town, they didn't speak to women. They didn't speak to women. And actually, if a, if a rabbi saw his wife in the street on the way to the house, he would not acknowledge her because it would ruin his reputation. This woman was shocked. Jesus was a Jew. You're a rabbi. Yeah, possibly because the conversation meant that he was more than just an average guy. And yet she asked him, why would you? Ask me for a drink. Why would a white guy ask a black guy for help? Why would a black guy ask a Hispanic guy for help? And then John parenthetically says again, for the Jews did not associate with the Samaritans. Verse 10, Jesus answered her, if you only knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Uh, Verse 10 warrants our attention this morning. Verse 10, again, Jesus said to the woman, if you only knew the gift of God, (laughs) oh, man, and who it is that asked you Mm. for a drink. In other words, he was saying, if you knew the opportunity that is in front of you right now, you would, you, you would, you would ask me. Church, if, reignite family, if, if you only knew the opportunity that was in front of you right now, you would ask me. That's what he was saying. So I want to use for a subject this morning, and I'm going to be out of your way. I want to use for a subject, if you only knew. If you only knew. Oh, man. Oh, man, if family, if, if, you, if you only knew that, that the gospel is for thirsty people. <sighs> pastor, pastor, pastor if, you, if you only knew that the, the gospel was for those who are ready to take on the opportunity that's in front of them. Oh, man, oh, man. 
that, that, that if you only knew, church family, if you only knew that there's something in the water, Maria, oh my gosh. Whew. If we only knew. I, I, I wish I knew. Are there some things that you wish you knew, church? There's some, there's some things I wish I knew. I, I wish I knew that in my 20s and 30s, I wish I knew in my 20s and 30s that, that my working out to put on size and to, to put on size and, and muscle, you know, with, with, my, with my dudes, that it, it would take me the rest of my life to get that weight off. I, I wish I knew that. There were some things I just wish I knew. I, I wish I knew that when my friend invited me down to uh, Lake Gaston to, to go fishing and I needed the R&R, that I would, I would spend all week using hot dogs and worms and barely catch anything. You know, I, I think on Thursday I caught a fish this big and he would go a week later to the same spot and use bluegill and catch a fish like yay big and send me a picture. He had the nerve to send me a picture. I wish I knew that it takes fish to catch fish. I wish you knew that in God's eyes, it takes people to catch people. Oh my gosh. Oh my God, hope y'all ready. I'm just gonna give you a little something, something this morning. Oh, if you only knew. Are there things that you wish you knew? settle in the room. Are there things you wish you knew? If you could do it again. Hmm. If you if you only knew, would you have moved on sooner? <laughs> yeah. If, if you only knew, would, would you have let it go? Man, man, Chase, I see you back there. If, 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 you, if you only knew, would you have lived differently? I, I have some things. I have some things that if I only knew, I would have I changed. I would have done different. If I would have found Jesus early. You know, I, I found him at 14, but then I kind of drifted off and did my own thing. When I went into the Navy, I just kind of let the Navy take, take control of my life. And I, I lived that life of a guy that you wanted to go to the parties with. Man. And then I had to come back around because it wasn't working. I got thirsty again. Oh, if you only knew. When you know better, they say that you need to do better. Man, Tony, when you know better, you're supposed to do better. This phrase means that people often make mistakes, Ed. They often make mistakes because they don't know the right way to do something. But once they understand, no better, they change their actions, Regina, and do better. And so Jesus was saying to this woman, Kristen, he was saying to this woman, you know, it's hot. I need a drink. But if you only knew who you were talking to, if you only knew your opportunity, I would change your life. And the text says, I didn't know you. I know you didn't come for homework, but I'm a pastor who gives you homework. You got to read the whole chapter of John chapter four. He says, if you only knew, John. Gonna change your life. This is your own your opportunity. This is your moment. This is your moment. John chapter four is a familiar story, church. Written about a woman insignificant, so insignificant to the text, it doesn't even give us her name. It just tells her tells us what her ethnicity is, where she's from. She's from Samaria. She's from the hood. <laughs> Oh, man, 
if you only knew. She, she represents everybody. She represents me. She represents you. She's, but she's, she's insignificant to the text. So we don't even know her name. All we know is it's a woman. It's a woman. And so, she, so that's a double negative because they didn't like Samaritans, one, and they didn't like women. Not in public, anyway. <laughs> that's a whole nother sermon. <laughs> oh, man. So she doesn't bother anybody. She doesn't bother anybody. She goes on to get her water about noon away from all the other women because she's been ostracized because of her past. And so she goes on to get she she goes on to get water when everybody else is at home. She goes and she finds Jesus and has a conversation. She's isolated from everybody, although she bothers nobody. Oh, man. She's doing her. Y'all know how it is. She's doing her. Like many of us, she's, she's living her best life. Men, men adored her. Ladies aborted her. They dismissed, they despised her. And, and they were disgusted. Uh, like the people where she lived, they, they, uh, she worshiped things that she didn't understand. If you read the whole entire chapter, it tells you that they worshiped the, the God of the mountains. And she knew that one day, she had just enough knowledge to be dangerous. She had just enough knowledge, Shannon, to know that there's one day a Messiah is coming, but she didn't know she was looking at it. Wow. Um, until one day she had a moment. One day she had a moment with her master. Yeah. Just one moment. Do you know a moment would change your life? One moment with Jesus. One moment with Jesus will change your life, sir. Oh, one moment with Jesus can make all the difference in everything you've been praying for and asking God for. One moment with Jesus. One moment with Jesus can change how you think. Oh, one moment with Jesus can change whose you are. I didn't say who you are. Whose you are. One moment with Jesus is all it takes. As your pastor, can I, can I confess to you this morning? As your pastor, Kim, you know what I'm waiting for? E each week when I prepare, when I study, when I, when I, when I fast, and, 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 I, and I go in my time, and, and I go about my day during the week, what, what I'm, I'm tiptoeing in, uh, in, on anticipation, waiting for on Sunday, is to see if you had your moment. I, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting, and I'm wondering, Marshall, did Oh, that's good stuff. 
Benjamin sitting down there. Oh, my gosh. He wasn't worried about being a gentleman. He could have helped her with the water. I mean, that's what guys do, right? He could have helped her with the water. He could have drew this stuff up. The well is 100 feet deep. Jacob's well is 100 feet deep. He asked her not, 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 not for help. If she needed help, he asked, can I have a drink? He cared more about being the gospel. The gospel doesn't care. Jesus doesn't care who comes. He speaks to her past. In the conversation in chapter 4, he speaks to her past, and he prepares her for her present. Oh, my. Oh, Jesus has in mind her spiritual thirst. He wants to quench her spiritual thirst. So the request was a setup. It was a setup. The gospel doesn't care who comes. And the gospel doesn't care. It's not concerned who connects. Jew or Gentile. In those days, black, white, Hispanic, Filipino, mixed race. It doesn't care who connects. If I can give you a moment, if Jesus can give you a moment, who you connect with will change the game from who I know and connect with. If you can have a moment, then Jesus, one moment, one moment, just one moment, one moment. It doesn't care. It's not concerned. We can waste a lot of time, church. We can waste a lot of time worrying about what you've done and who you've done it for. Jesus can speak to her present as well as take care of her past. Uh, yes, you can give him a clap right there. Amen. Uh, so I'm so glad that he doesn't worry about me. I've done my best for you. Let me see if I can drink. says that he had it. He had it. Another translation says that he needed to do it. He needed to take this shortcut. Why did he need to take the road less traveled, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. Why did Jesus need to take the road less traveled that day? Like I said, maybe Jesus needed to reach someone who had just enough of that Jesus had to reach someone that had just enough good in them, just enough 
just enough ghetto, just enough hood in them, just enough messed up past in order to be holy. Just enough hood in them to be holy. This is what I mean. The Bible tells us that this same woman, this ostracized woman, went back to her neighborhood and she won many Samaritans to Christ. I'll, I'll read it for you because I don't want you to think I'm preaching from the newspaper. Your Bible says that in verse 39, that many Samaritans from that town believed in Jesus because of this woman's testimony. So she went, she went back and told, probably to the men first, Maria. She probably told the men because the women are like, oh, there she goes. There she goes. She goes to that church. Oh, she got fired from that job. I'm still at my job. Oh, my God. So, she, so she's probably going, you know, she went to Jesus, oh, uh, and, and probably flirted with, with the guys initially, you know, flirted with Jesus. And then Jesus changed her and, and, and sent her back when he had that conversation with her. And she goes back and, and, and she's not flirting with the men. this woman and she could affect so many people. I'm so amazed. I have so many friends in my life that I believe that if God would change them, so many people can be affected because of their influence. Do y'all know people like that? How many people can God change when, 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 they, when, they, when he takes hold of their heart? Oh man. What if you knew this, this is a little deep. But I, want you to, I want you to feel this. What if you knew church say what if I what if I knew there's always a little truth behind every just kidding? What if I knew, say what if I knew, a little knowledge behind every, I don't know. There's always a little knowledge behind every, I don't know. What, what if you knew that a little emotion always a little emotion behind every I don't care. Yeah, yeah, they, they care. What, what if you knew, what if I knew, that there's always a little pain behind every I'm okay. I'm okay. Would you be like, would you be, would you be more like Jesus and change the people? See, because some of you knew it, but yet you don't knew it. You don't know it. If, if you knew that there was just a little pain behind every, okay, I'm, I'm okay, would, would, you, would you share your faith with them and see if they're really doing all right? Would you be more like Jesus? In closing, the other day, uh, as I was preparing to present to you, um, I was stuck. Sometimes this happens. I was stuck. You know, I was, I was trying to get the message to come together. And I said, Lord, I, I just want to give you something short. We have Easter egg hunts and stuff like that going on after this. And, um, and so uh, as I was preparing to come to you, I, I went and ran some errands. And I went by UPS. Uh, as some of you know, I like to shop on Amazon. And um, so I, I went to UPS. And I had about three boxes that I had to take back. Because stuff didn't fit. Um, or I just didn't like them. Um, and so I, I, I was on my way. <laughs> Confession is good for the soul. 
arms are full, but I'm holding, I'm holding the door. And she walked right, right by me as if I wasn't even standing there. Didn't say thank you or nothing. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. That's tacky. And at first I was offended when she walked by. I'm sitting there holding the door. My arms are full. And I'm thinking, what in the world? You know, she she's going to walk by. And I started, I thought about my old self, my old marshal, my, my, the Navy marshal, the, the, before the degree marshal. I thought about, you know, I'm going to slam this door, but it had hydraulics. So you can't slam a hydraulic. The old marshal thought about, you know, I'm going to slam this door. What in the world? But just as I had that thought, and I was blocked, so I'm running in. Just as I had that thought, another thought came over my heart. And God said, you know better. You know better. You know better. You do better. And, and, and more importantly, y'all, Remember John 4.10, our passage, our text, uh, reminded me that the gift of God, the gift of God is our salvation. It starts with that. It's the best gift you can get. You can get it on Easter. You can get it on Christmas. You can get it on Monday. You can get it on Tuesday. You can get it on Good Friday. The gift of God is my salvation. And I received that. Consider that the gift. The first thing Jesus said is, "You only need the gift. You only need the gift, God." Wow. Thank you for my salvation. I believe that Jesus Christ died, was buried, and rose again. In fact, if you look at the scriptures, if you look at the gospels, it says that He was planted in the garden. This is for free. This is for free. This is not my sermon. Do you know when you plant something, you expect it to see it again, but when you bury it, you don't expect to see it again. So John 4.10 reminds us that the gift of God is for our salvation. But this is what he reminds me at GPS. John 13.14. If the guys could put that on the screen. He reminds me in John 13.14 that I will never thirst again. 
I will never thirst again. Y'all just missed your moment. It went over your head. See, I was holding the door, and this woman walked by. She didn't even acknowledge me. She didn't even say I'm th- a thank you to me. And God reminded me. He placed in my heart, do you need that thank you? So when you, when you know that you'll never thirst again, you won't need other people's approval anymore. When you know that you'll never thirst again, you won't be needy anymore. When you know that you won't ever thirst again, oh my gosh. I don't have to call you all the time. Hey, bro, how you doing? You coming to church? What's going on? I heard you stubbed your toe. When you know you'll never thirst again, it makes a difference. Jesus told this woman in the conversation further in verse 14, he said, you'll never thirst again. The water I have, the living water I have, the spring that I have, it'll bubble up. You will never thirst again. Let me give it to you like this. In John 7, 738 says, whoever believes in me and the scriptures, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. That's what he was talking about in John chapter 10, uh, 410. He said, living water. always have the capacity Woo. hear this you'll always have the capacity to bless others as well oh man that's what I learned this week here <laughs> oh man so church there's something in the water there's something in the water I almost preached that as my title there's something in the water
forgive me for my sins. Give me a moment of opportunity to change my life. Lord, would you forgive me for my past and prepare me for my present? In Jesus' name, I pray. Heads are still bowed, eyes are still closed. Is there anyone that prayed that prayer? And that was maybe your first time you prayed that prayer. Is there anyone? You say, God, forgive me. Help me. Lord, in you, in you, Lord, we shall never.